God. I'm going to be reading all of chapter, chapter 16, verses 1 through 16, and you can see that on the screen as I read. Hear this word from the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? If you fill your horn with oil and be on your way, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. And the Lord says, Take a heifer and say, with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said, and when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him, and they asked, Do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elab, and he thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said, Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearances. The Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse saw Abinadad, and he had him pass in front of Samuel. But Jesse said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen them. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had him brought to him. And in, he was glowing in health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David And Samuel then went to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm always surprised by scriptures. And when, especially for the things I've read and heard my whole life, David was a man after God's own heart. But when I read those things in scripture, it just makes me happy. God was looking. I never realized, I knew David was a man after God's own heart, but didn't realize that in the word of God, it said specifically that God was looking for that kind of a man. And in the book of 1 Samuel that we read today, it said in chapter 13, verse 14, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people, because you've not kept the Lord's commands. He told this to King Saul, and he was speaking about David. And I think God is still looking for men and women who are seeking his heart. So what is the heart of God? Well, when we read scriptures, we know from Micah 6, 8, that God wants us to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with him. And the Bible says that we should take care of orphans and widows. And the Shema says we should love our neighbors as ourselves. And we need to help the least and the last and the lost. 
And we can't judge by appearance because God doesn't look at our appearance and he doesn't look at the person's appearance that we're seeing in front of us. God looks at each of our hearts and out of our hearts can flow rivers of living water. Now, Paul, I think in the New Testament summarized this great Acts 13, 20 through 21 says, after this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. When the people asked for God, he gave them Saul, son of Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. And after removing Saul, he made David their king, and God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he did everything, he does everything I want him to do. And I noticed those statements in that last sentence. And I thought about those. David was a son. David was after God's own heart. And David would do everything God desired him to do. And I think we can look this morning at David's life and examine ourselves in the way that God testified about David and see where we fall in that picture. So first of all, David was a son. And if you've been coming to some of the Alamo Heights churches and you've been hearing their words, we've been talking about sonship for quite some time. And I think sonship was at the foundation of David's life. David was obedient to his father, Jesse. He was loyal to King Saul. And he was totally focused and passionate about God. David understood and knew who he was as a person. Because he knew whose he was. He was God's child. And we know by reading David's life as it's written in the scriptures that he had a less than perfect life. And I don't know about you, but I kind of breathe a sigh of relief because I know my life has been less than perfect. And I don't know about yours. But when I see David's life and I know what David was able to hear God the way he heard him, I know I can hear God too. So when I desire to be obedient like David did to his father, and when I desire to come under authority of those who are above me, and when I passionately seek God, I know that he'll hear my prayers. David was obedient. And he was in training to do God's will. And I have to say, all of us today are in training Whether we know it or not, God is training us through our lives. Yes, even in the bad things that have happened to us, that was a training ground. And the good things and the the great things, we have an opportunity to do the things that God is calling us to do because he's molded and made each one of our lives in a very special way. Think about some of your passions or your experiences, both good and bad. And think about maybe even your area of expertise, where you go to work daily. God can use any and all of these things for his glory. But I think the trick is we have to say, here, God, take this and use this in your kingdom. And it just takes us to step out in faith and God just releases us. And he'll just release us into such amazing places that we could have never gone by ourselves. And David was obedient. He stepped out. He was obedient even to the point of death. He used to fight lions and bears when he was guarding his father's sheep. He came up against Goliath, a nine-foot 
tall giant when the, when the armies of the king wouldn't even go out because he had been trained by fighting lions and bears in the field and knew that God was his protection, that he knew when he went up against Goliath, God would not leave him. He would be there with him and he would help him fight. And you know the story. David won the battle with Goliath. He was, became a son-in-law of the king not long after that. And the king finally turned on David. And he wanted to kill him. But David remained obedient to the king. He would not harm the king. He, he remained in that authority. Sometimes it's hard to stay in a place and stay under authority of those over you. But I tell you, the Lord will bless you in it. He's willing to be a son to men, but because he was the son of God first. He was described by one of King Saul's servants in chapter 16. The son of Jesse of Bethlehem, who he's skilled in playing the harp. He's a man of valor. He's a man of war. He's prudent in speech and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. For me, that was the one. The Lord is with him. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him greatly when he was anointed with oil. So David was working in those powers. And he said, David wrote in Psalm 16, I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. David recognized, I think, that the only good in him was the God in him. And he lived his life as a son of God. And when I say son, I mean daughter, because I'm a daughter. And some of you out there are daughters. We each have to ask ourselves the question, though, am I living as a son or a daughter of God? And I think the next question we have to say, do we want to? The second testimony God had about David was that David was after God's heart. And David knew early in his life that God could be trusted and he could be obeyed. He knew God's word and he gave God the glory for all of his accomplishments. And his life was in harmony with the Lord. And he participated in three things that I saw in scripture. One was meditation on God's word. One was thanksgiving in all circumstances. And the other one was that he sought forgiveness by God. So I just want to look at those quickly. You know, David was a warrior. So you wouldn't think a warrior would be about writing uh, psalms to God. But David did. He was credited in writing over half of the 150 Psalms in the Old Testament. He was writing at various times in his life. He was when he was when things were good and when he was in trouble. And he repeatedly mentioned how much he loved God's perfect word. He wrote in Psalm 119, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. David said he meditated on God's word. God spoke to and gave David understanding and wisdom through daily meditation on his words. If you desire to hear God like David heard God, there's no better place to listen than when you're reading your Bible. They say, God, God, the Bible is God's word speaking to you. And your prayer is God, is your word speaking to God. 
So the scriptures are a good place to hear God. Being thankful was is another place. David's life was marked by seasons of great peace and prosperity as well as times of fear and despair. But through it all, through all the seasons of his life, he never forgot to thank the Lord for everything he had. He said in Psalm 100, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. I think we all know it's easy to bless God when things are going right and going our way. But the hard place to thank God is when we're in trouble, when things aren't going our way in our work or at our home or in any relationship that we have. But I think giving that offering to God of thanksgiving in the hard places, David said in Psalm 34, that because the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, he saves the Christian spirit. He did it for David. And I know he'll do it for us. And David knew about forgiveness. David was quick to ask for forgiveness for his sins and to repent. He tried to hide nothing from God. He knew that it was impossible. And he tried, and he knew that God was looking for a man that was after God's own heart and not appearances. God looks on our heart and not our outward what you see. Psalm 139 says, where shall I go from your spirit and where shall I flee from your presence? David wrote that. He knew there was no place he could go to hide from God. The things we think we're hiding for God, God sees them. But he just lets us hang on to them until we're ready to hand them to him. And when we're ready to disclose those things that only we think we know, God will take them and he will bless you. He's waiting for you to offer them to him so that he can offer to you freedom. David was a man just like you and I. He sinned on a regular basis, but in spite of his sin, he always loved God and sought to repent of his mistakes. So I guess my question would be, first, do we think we can trust and obey God? Do we think we're able to do that? And then we, do we desire to be that man or woman after God's heart? And then I have to look at myself and say, how often do I meditate on Scripture? How often do I give thanksgiving in all situations, both the good and the bad? And how often do I seek God's forgiveness for the things that have happened to me and the things that I have done to others? The last thing God testified about God God testified about David was David would do everything God desired him to do. David sought God's will throughout his life. What was important to David to God was important to David. And what burdened God burdened David. They say, like I said, if you want to hear God's voice, read your scriptures. David was immersed in God's word, so he knew what burdened God. He knew the things God needed. Our faith, though, is about a relationship, a relationship between you and the Father. He desires that relationship, and he will open the door for it as you seek him. So what about us? When God says go to the right, do we go to the right, or do we say, "Mm, I don't think so? 
or do we ignore what he said? Or if he says, I really want you to stop doing that in your life, do we stop doing it? Or do we think, "Mm, that really wasn't God. I'll just keep doing that. When he says, this is wrong and I want you to change, I promise you he has something so much better. But he won't make you change. He won't make you turn to the right. He won't make you stop because he's a God of free will and he just will allow you to continue on. But he loves you and he wants you to have those good things in your life. And he wants to bless you and he wants to bless your relationship. So in your heart, do you believe God wants to communicate with you? That would be my question. I can assure you he does. But we must be open to his leading so that we can be men and women just really sensitive to spiritual things. So that we can know where to go and who to minister to and what to say and what to do. Because we're sons and daughters, because we we heard God's word, we meditate on it and we are thankful for it and we ask for forgiveness. We'll be able to hear God. And I want to uh, give you a little challenge today. Because as I was studying and reading about the Psalms and how powerful the Psalms can be in our lives, I learned that the Jewish people, their story is that when King David wrote the Psalms, he wrote them for himself. And he wrote them for in mind. He was thinking of himself. He was thinking of every Jewish person. He was thinking of every circumstance that we could come up into. And no matter who you are or what your situation the word of the Psalms are heard by God. And so what the Jewish people do is they read through the Psalms every 30 days. Yes, there's 150 of them. And so they also read them, some of them read them every seven days. But my challenge for myself was I'll try the 30. So I got on Google and I I Googled how to read the Psalms uh, in 30 days. And it popped up... uh, Chabad, C-H-A-B-A-D dot org, and uh, how to do that. And so I bookmarked it. So every day I click on that. And uh, I've just been doing it for about a week, but I feel really blessed in that. And click on it, and it sends me the five scriptures for that day. And I read them, and they've spoken to my life just in the last five days that I've been reading them and trying to apply those. A rabbi wrote that if you only knew the power of the verses of the Psalms and their effect in the spiritual realms, we would recite them constantly. Because we know we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against principalities and darkness and evil. And the Psalms help us to walk as Jesus would walk. So in this monthly cycle, if you can commit to it, I'd love to hear anything you have to say about it. I'm going to try my very best to to stay in that cycle and meditate on God's word and read those 150 psalms. And I think it will change our lives. So I know in the challenge that you would be blessed. And I know we could begin to hear God more clearly, just like David did. Amen. We are coming now to a time of sharing a meal together. 
as Jesus would invite the disciples to come and share this meal. And I would invite anyone that's helping with this meal to come forward. And as we come before you and we come before the Lord, I'm going to ask you to just bow your head and and ask and just pour yourself out before the Lord with any point of anything that you need to lay down before him. And at the end of that prayer of your own prayer, I will read a psalm, Psalm 51, a portion of it, because it's what David would have repented of before the Lord. So if you'll pray with me. Father God, we pray that you would hear our prayers. Father God, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Amen. And if we'll continue in an attitude of prayer for sharing of the bread and cup by the suffering of his death and resurrection, Of your Son, Jesus Christ, you delivered us from sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Jesus died, he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. And after giving thanks to you, Father Almighty, he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you meet, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts and Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with each other as we proclaim the mystery of the faith that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and all that is gathered here in the gifts of this bread and wine and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ redeemed by your blood by your spirit make us one with Christ one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in his final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ in this holy church and the Holy Spirit all honor and glory is yours Father Almighty now and forever Amen. And as we pray the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught his disciples, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
We take our communion by intinction, where you take a piece of bread and you dip it into the cup of juice and take the elements together. The table is set for the servants of God.